0: Hello, it's so good to have you with us here at Leadership for Sustainability. This is the podcast where we help you lead on sustainability to deliver results and make a real difference in the world. I'm Osbert Lancaster, longtime sustainability consultant and trainer and co-founder of Realize Earth. My guest in this episode is Adam Liddle, recently appointed head of sustainability with Roslyn CT. Adam has some great insights to share both from his previous role with the global technical services consultancy Jacobs and from his experience of starting as the first head of sustainability with a medium-sized enterprise in the life sciences industry. Adam, great to have you with us on the show today. Um, Could we kick off by maybe tell us a little bit about what Roslyn CT does?
1: Absolutely will do. So Roslyn CT, the CT stands for cell therapy. So Rosalind CT is a spinout from the Rosalind Institute. The company was spun out in a way back two thousand and six, and took all the kind of scientific excellence that was within the Rosalind Institute that led to the cloning of Dolly the sheep, and it's now translating that to producing advanced therapies for metabolic diseases, around solid tumours, blood cancers, degenerative diseases, and. Rodland CT acts as what is called a CDMO, which is a contract development and manufacturing organization. So we are essentially a very highly skilled specialist manufacturing service provider for advanced cell therapy, gene therapy, treatments for all those ranges of diseases. So we would typically be part of larger companies' value chain to provide those really specialist services. And we, in Edinburgh, based at BioQuarter. And we've recently acquired and integrated with a business in the US called Lycan Biosciences, but it's now, as of Monday this week, all known as Rodlin CT, based just outside of Boston in the US. So we are on a very kind of rapid, high growth journey, and yeah, transatlantic
0: operations to provide really kind of niche, specialist scientific services. Oh, I'm so that that's been so helpful because I was like looking through the website thinking. This is yeah. obviously, I'm not the intended audience here. I think I sort of got to where you just explained it. But I couldn't explain it to anyone else. And that
1: was what I, I that's what I was like about two months ago. <laughs> I, I've, I've very only very recently joined Roslyn CT as head of sustainability. So it's a new role for the organization. I've come in essentially to set up a sustainability strategy, sustainability plan for for Roslyn CT as a, as a small company. And my previous experience, I was uh, ten years working at a company called Jacobs, which is a large global professional technical services consultancy, tens of thousands of employees around the world. And I've taken that experience and be applying that to a completely new industry for me in uh, in cell therapy in the life sciences sector. So it's wow, a very, very be... exciting challenge.
0: Quite some journey. Yeah, it is so yes thinking about I'd helped Edinburgh University develop their sustainability strategy and speaking to a lot of people in the medical faculty around that, all that. It was like, well, we do health. That's a good thing anyway. Mm -hmm. We don't need to do sustainability as well. How do you see your role around sustainability at Roslyn evolving? Where does sustainability fit into all that? Apart from, well, health is a good thing to do. Well, health
1: (laughs) Health and medicines absolutely is a really good thing to do in developing these innovative treatments that will fundamentally save lives and cure patients of really quite horrible diseases is, you know, is a sustainability that is part of when we talk about sustainability in the broader sense in the the UN Sustainable Development Goals, health and well-being and access to medicines is absolutely part of it. Where it becomes a bit broader than that for uh, a business in that sector is the, the things that you would typically expect to see from a sustainability strategy. So looking at the, on the environmental side of things. A lot of the manufacturing obviously is done in, you know, high-grade clean room manufacturing environments where cleanliness and use of products and packaging and materials, and waste generation can be quite high. Essential reasons to maintain patient safety, drug safety, all, all, all of that sort of things. Trying to understand where the company's emission, greenhouse gas emissions come from. So that's the same as any, any business. The fuels that you use, the energy that you consume through your office and your lab and your manufacturing equipment the electricity that you purchase that is used to heat and power offices and labs and how we travel around and do our jobs and buy the equipment and the materials that we need to, that's, that's our know, priority on the environmental side is, is mitigating our own impact on climate change. And firstly, looking at, at baselining and then starting to kind of understand, well, where can we make small changes to reduce that? Where can we reduce our material consumption? Where can we, very easily switch to renewable forms of energy rather than fossil fuel-based power consumption. How can we do things with less travel or using more sustainable modes of travel? Things like that. Understanding how climate change can impact our business. So understanding the risks that climate change will pose to us as a business, how climate change might make interrupt crucial supply chains in the future, mm. provision of materials, for example, that level of understanding is is crucial on the environmental side of, of sustainability for Roslyn. And then when we kind of talk about the S the, the social side of things, it's the outcomes, the impact, the purpose, the actual treatments and, and medicines and the, the accessibility, the affordability that we're talking about is where Roslyn can have a huge impact on global populations. Um, uh. And around certainly engaging our people in terms of, you know, supporting kind of diversity, inclusion, and equity policies internally, at our business, investing in our people, kind of creating equal opportunities, yeah. economic development opportunities, engaging with the local community to educate people around the scientific opportunities that we can, that exist within the city of Edinburgh. All, all, of, all of that good stuff around kind of de- de- delivering social value. So it can be very, very, very broad. Once you start thinking about it, all of these themes are relevant to any business in any sector, it, the challenge is taking big, global, lofty themes and going through a materiality process and, and narrowing it down to tangible action items that are measurable and where we can report on them.
0: I think I might guess what the answer is, but maybe I'm wrong, but... My next question is, what's got you excited or fired up about sustainability most recently? Yeah, it's, it's doing
1: exactly that. It, it's, on, it's taking big global themes around health and well-being, water, sanitation, clean energy, climate change, and helping businesses understand what their role is in contributing towards, in, in small part, in contributing towards global goals. around around climate change and sustainability and taking the company through a journey to understand well what can we what can we focus on what's our contribution to the world where can we have a positive impact it's that that stage of things where you can really kind of marry up strategic thinking with practical problem solving to address sustainability issues that's the really exciting bit once you've done that then it's Hard work, forming project teams, creating initiatives, developing KPIs, reporting, and delivery, which is which is equally exciting. Seeing progress over you know a number of years that starts from a bit of a strategic thinking exercise, it, yeah, it, it, seeing and seeing businesses embrace that, embrace the change is is fantastically exciting.
0: We were talking a little bit before we turned the record on about um, sort of the importance of getting. Colleagues and senior management, other stakeholders in, involved with sustainability. Is there a particular moment or a particular project or sort of particular thing that was going on in your career you'd really like to share around? Yeah, success story around engaging people around with sustainability. Yeah,
1: I mean things that there's there's things that help to engage people across a business, regardless of how large or small it is. And often find that storytelling and using examples that are relatable across different industries different professions is a very impactful
0: way of so, so can I throw that back at you then? Yeah please. But tell me a story about when you did that. Yeah. In your I will career. Just, so it's in my
1: previous role, we 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 created a sustainability, an internal sustainability awards scheme. And this was really to incentivize and recognize sustainable behaviors. And we had one session where we were talking about sustainability to a group of engineers in in one office. And there was a, uh, it was a, a group of piping engineers, and, and one of them was, we spoke up and was quite vocal and said, "Well, that's all very well and good, but I don't really see how it relates to me." And so when one of my colleagues at the time had a conversation with about, "Well, let's just talk through what you do on a day to day basis and the practices that you put in place since you've been working on this large this large site, which is a you know, large nuclear site." In the end, it transpired that he'd put in place practices to change the welding practices around piping infrastructure on that particular site, which resulted in reduced hours working in a high hazard area, reduced energy consumption, reduced laundry bills and laundry cleaning of PPE because it didn't need to be cleaned for so long, reduced traveling to and from site, which reduced carbon emissions and fuel consumption. And all of these different kind of, he didn't quite connect to just a simple change to a welding practice on site. And so that's a very, very kind of easy fix to put in through kind of standard kind of engineering or manufacturing process, and and the same can be can be said of, of any industry. If you think about what you do and how you use it and the impacts, you can put simple changes in place that will have multiple benefits, and it's just having that conversation that can help realize it. And as a result of that conversation, that chat won
0: won the award. That water. It's going going back to the uh, you know the. Establishment of that that award scheme. Where where did that come from? Where do the energy and ideas for that come from? And how was it sort of developed and rolled out? Yeah, I mean it was
1: it was quite straightforward actually. I mean we it was devised by our team at the time. We we put some kind of rough criteria around it. it, you know, it must lead to tangible outcomes. It must link to one or more UN Sustainable Development Goals. It must be applied in an office or a project or manufacturing environment. And there was a certain number of criteria and we just launched it and and, and people embraced it. And we uh, you know, every quarter we would we would love to see the submissions coming in, walk through, judging them and just thinking about, oh my God, yeah. So this is how this person has interpreted sustainability and applied it to their role. And it could be in a lab environment, it could be in a, you know an on-site construction environment, it could be inside in a kind of community engagement environment, it could be at the home, just in the office, for example. And so are all these various different applications of sustainability that we would then use to showcase how it can be applied for to inspire and educate and engage people broader across the business. And it was it was a very simple thing to 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 introduce.
0: Mm. Yeah, a lot of the things around I think, I think sustainability is a very it's a weirder word. I mean, lots of us working in the sector sort of think we know what sustainability means. We assume people know what it means. I mean, speaking to someone in you know who's not into sustainability. Yes. And they're like, I don't get, I don't do sustainability. I don't get it. I don't understand. No relevance yep. to me. I've had this speaking to a, it was a professor, a law professor about sustainability. They yep. said, no, we don't do we don't do sustainability in this department. And it's like, so what do you research? And she was like, I research citizenship in the European Union and how citizens influence, you know, the policies and stuff. And it's like it sounds a bit like sustainability. I mean, and that, that's Isn't part it? of sustainability. It is. There's something about helping people make the connection between connections. things that they think absolutely. are just like, well, you know, this is what I do to yeah. the Sustainable Development Goals. And I was, is, that, is that, do you see that sort of barrier? Ab-
1: absolutely. So in, in the first few weeks of my position at rodland CT, we've, we've, I mean, it's, it's typically been researching mm-hmm. around the industry, looking at what the company does, benchmarking other companies within the industry, looking at priorities around healthcare, access to medicines, what the life sciences industry can or should be focusing on. And then when you start to get into kind of developing that into tangible actions, then you suddenly think, well, how am I going to deliver that? And so part of that is draws upon what our HSE team are already working on. Part of that brings in our supply chain team. When we're talking about, for example, scope three emissions, supply chain emissions, then you rely very, very heavily on your supply chain logistics department, supply quality management. And so the more you look into it, the more you realize that it's actually integrated throughout the whole the kind of organic structure of the company, and you rely on teamwork and collaboration and everybody coming together. And, and until you kind of break it down into action, actionable items, it's, it's disjointed. It is kind of spread out through the organization without anybody actually quite realizing, oh, this is part of sustainability. What's needed is something to bring it together into a sustainability plan and frame it around something like the UN Sustainable Development Goals. So yes, absolutely, that resonates very well.
0: That maybe it's, you, know, you said you're only two months in. I think to the to the role, or maybe this is too early, or maybe you don't want to say this in public. But to what extent have you found like people are sort of welcoming this you coming in, this new you know, the new guy yeah. coming in and asking all these stupid questions and saying, yeah. or is it like, oh, great, at last we're doing this, or is it yes? That's like it, leave me to get on with my job. Oh, where, no,
1: where is no, it? It, no. It's very much the kind of welcoming. You know, something that people have been thinking about, but they may they might not have thought of it in, in quite as broad a sense as you know the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Thinking about the entire breadth of environmental, the social, the governance aspects, you know, goals, particularly around around gender or or inequalities or or good governance, for example, people wouldn't typically. Unless they work in that world, they wouldn't typically make the connection between sustainability and that. That the the tendency the natural tendency is to go immediately towards the environmental side around waste and. We know, do technology. recycling. That's yeah, absolutely yeah. It, that's the immediate connection that people make. Well, which absolutely is relevant, but it's much broader than that. And suddenly, you start to have these conversations around. Well, this is the this is the breadth of what it covers. It's much, much, much broader. And we're probably doing a whole range of things that fall under this umbrella already. What we need to do is kind of come together and, and collaborate and, and bring that together into one sustainability plan.
0: One of the things I've seen with, particularly with organizations that have got a sort of a clear public benefit type role, like working in health, yeah. there's sometimes been a sense of, well, we're already doing good stuff you know, this is what we do. This is our core purpose. Don't, and telling us to reduce carbon and stuff while we're saving the world from whatever diseases it is, is like, mm. that's a distraction. You're stopping us doing what we need to do. Yeah. Is there any tension around those sort of things at the moment with you? or Not yet. <laughs> oh, great. Good, good, good. Maybe the world's moved on. maybe because that was, you know, that was a few years ago. So that's the example no. I'm thinking of there. Uh, no, absolutely not. And I think, you know, this
1: is, and th- this is part of, running a good business now. We well, you know, we're talking about we're talking about long term value creation, financial and non-financial, long-term enterprise value creation that contributes towards protecting the planet, protecting people, good governance, running a business the right way so business can be enforced. And that creates, you know, positive working environment. It creates positive business value and it and it shows that we care about these things. I certainly do I hope through the first kind of two months in the role that that that's come through with the, with my colleagues and the people that I've spoken to I've spoken to about sustainability you can tell that people want to do this and they want to make a change because it's a good thing to do and it will result in good things that will only benefit the company
0: so one of the things I've um, come across a lot is senior managers or owner managers directors saying well yeah we want to do something around climate around sustainability yeah. We don't, we, you know, we don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. And again, something I you know, Rosalind C T have made a start by pointing you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so when you were doing your introduction, you talked about a whole, you know, all the range of stuff that mm-hmm. you know needs to be tackled. Yeah. Within all of that, well, you can, you know, in some ways, it's relatively easy to start asking the questions, finding out all the potential things to do. How are you? How are you going to? Well, how are you sort of narrowing that down? And say, okay. Here are the things we need to work on first. How do you turn all that stuff into the start of an action plan perhaps or some priorities?
1: yeah, yeah. I mean so th- that th- that that's the tricky part is is where do you, is where do you start and the the challenge is everything that everything that needs to be implemented or that should be implemented to start with you know have to bear in mind that that we' we're, we're starting from. But not quite a blank sheet of paper, because there are things in the business that already exist, albeit not framed explicitly as sustainability. But let's, you know, for the argument's sake, we're we're starting from a blank sheet of paper. Everything needs to be proportionate. So we can't go too big and say, right, we're going to start TCFD reporting. We're going to start, you know, we're going to set a science-based target within six weeks. We can't be that ambitious. But what we can do is understand, well, what's our impact? What, what? Where do we kind of consume materials? Where do we consume energy? And what can we do to kind of, what are the first steps that we can put in place to kind of minimize our impact and start kind of reducing? So we could look at things like, you know, just how we can kind of manage waste from our offices and from our lab, we could look at the, you know, our suppliers in terms of packaging that is, that is provided when we procure materials and I guess, managed through our manufacturing procedures. We could look at, you know, what, how easy is it to shift to renewable energy tariffs across our estates. I think things like that are relatively straightforward to put in place. You know, could we, you know, internally, could we kind of start changing the culture by establishing an informal network of sustainability champions? So just employees that care about this stuff and want to get involved in, in their, in their free time in their lunch hour or, you know, like half an hour a week to just promote kind of sustainable behaviors in the workplace changing the, cons- the the consumables the supply of consumables that we use in the workplace through to you know milk for example what you know what type what type of milk packaging do we use where do we get our coffee from for example tiny you know little changes like that that all contribute and add up and start to kind of influence the culture at a business and then we can start to look at right let's we've got a foundation in place how do we build up from that how do we kind of scale up and 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 make the ambition a bit a bit kind of higher
0: yeah and that's something i've experienced sometimes is that employees who are already interested and knowledgeable hmm. sometimes getting really quite frustrated by doing some of the easy stuff and saying well let's look at you know how are we getting fair trade coffee are we getting organic yeah. milk? it's like well come on that's yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. important but it's like it's not it's not a priority you know we've got we've got a world to save here yeah but is that is that tension you're seeing or is that no not, no,
1: not really. It's a, it's a balance, isn't it? It's, you, you, you kind of have to do the little changes to, to, to kind of introduce that culture change and make that culture shift. So when it comes to kind of taking people along on a journey, you have to do the little things that are visible in the office to, to that mindset shift, as well as kind of leading on what's, you know, like when we're talking about corporate disclosures and big kind of corporate requirements that uh, need to be discussed amongst a senior leadership team with the board of directors, you need to marry that up with doing yeah. the, the, kind of the the tangible kind of visible changes around office waste and and I yeah. things you know, things that we that we talked about around consumables. It, it yeah, everything is everything's achievable. It's just certain things can be put in place a lot quicker than others.
0: Yes, of course. I guess the key thing there, I guess, is that as well as those tangible, not necessarily easy things, but tangible, yep. sort of immediate things. Yeah, I think there needs to be a sense that. People recognize these bigger questions, these bigger issues yeah. are being tackled, they are being yeah. addressed by senior management uh, uh, and abs- this isn't this isn't which I have seen sometimes It's like senior management you know, go and go and do the uh, abs- go and do abs- that abs- environmental abs- stuff, and it's like that's us ticking the box.
1: No, absolutely. And, and you have to be aware of what's coming down the track. So if you're if you're developing a, a sustainability strategy, you, you you have to think about well, where's the company realistically going to be in two or three years' time? So a company like Roplin is on is on a high growth journey in Edinburgh and, and the US. It will will likely expand in those geographies over the next kind of two, three, five years. So you kind of have to have one eye on what's coming. At the moment we are an SME. Next year, we won't be, which then kind of tips us over into another d- type of reporting category. So, having one eye on what are the kind of corporate reporting mandatory disclosures that will impact a business like Roslyn CT in two, three, five years' time, we need to have an eye on that and, and prepare ourselves to be in a good place to respond to those requirements when appropriate for our
0: business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd like to take a moment just now to let you know about our next event. If you've been listening for a while, you'll know that most people are concerned about climate change and would like to make more sustainable choices in their lives. Despite this open door, most business sustainability initiatives fail to engage staff, and as a result, they miss their targets. The reason is that most initiatives don't pay enough attention to what genuinely motivates colleagues, nor do they recognise the barriers that hold back even the most highly motivated employees from taking action. On Wednesday, the 22nd of May, join me and Jamie, the creator of the Most Sustainable Workplace Index, and learn how the Index can help you tap into and unlock most employees' latent motivation to do the right thing for people and planet. You'll discover how the Index can help you to gather hard evidence of what's working and what needs attention across locations and divisions and seniority levels. You'll identify the focus areas where the sustainability team, L&D, HR and so on, should allocate time and resources to make the most progress. And you'll discover how you can demonstrate year-on-year progress with consistent and comparable data on sustainability culture. And you can use that for action planning, reporting, benchmarking and accreditation. Do join us on Wednesday the 22nd of May. You'll find the link in the show notes. So... Given, given a whole range of stuff you've got, got to pick up and do, and mm. with the short term, what's coming up down the down the line <laughs> at you, I know I asked you about priorities. But I suppose I'm more thinking here about is it a mindset shift? If there was sort of one thing that you really wanted to unlock, yeah, a you know, sort of shift of pace, a shift of mindset, If you could tweak that one thing or shift, uh, or no,
1: no, no. what 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 would it be? It's a good question because. What I'd like, I would really like to get to a point where sustainability is part of the culture at Rodland CT. And I don't, from what I've seen already, I don't think, I don't think it's that far away because a lot of people just, when I first started in the role and my position was announced, a lot of people just got a touch of their own back and just said, I've got some ideas. I've got some ideas about this, 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 and this. So you can, based on that, there's a, there's a willingness there and it's on people's minds and there's almost... Almost a sense of relief that that someone's been appointed to take care of all of these things, and so I would I would like to get to a point where it's part of the culture and people think in a sustainable way whenever they're procuring something, whenever we are using something, whenever we are kind of traveling around, whenever we're attending conferences or getting out there and meeting with clients, meeting with suppliers, promoting what we do. It then becomes part of how we think about how we conduct our business. And it becomes part of discussions at the, the C-suites all the way down through the organization.
0: And do you see that sort of shift in culture? Do you see the, that? Is that something that will sort of emerge as you you and your colleagues and the collaborators and whatever go, go about doing this stuff? Or does there need to be some sort of specific attention given to the culture building as well as to the... Processes and practices. I stuff. think
1: it's a bit of both. I think if you if you if you apply a bit of attention to evoking a culture change and you put thing, little things in place to provide employees with a platform and an easy way to engage or communicate around sustainability, then that 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 will kind of unlock opportunities for employees to engage. If you don't do that, people will. The tendency is that, well, oh, yeah, I've got this idea, but I don't know what to do about it. If you provide a kind of a, a, a safe space, a forum, a platform, mechanisms around around the business for people to do that easily, and you create little things to, to to kind of help people engage, then it unlocks those opportunities, and people will say, "Oh, I've got an idea, and I know where to go, and I know who to speak to you about this," and that it, it all kind of helps to kind of unlock, and, and hopefully, will create a wave that kind of builds over time. And and that's kind of where we're at. Is is this is the start of that journey at the moment?
0: Yeah. So it sounds a little bit there, like you're talking about sort of this was about engaging rank and file or whatever you want to, yeah, you know, call yeah, call it. Which is great. Rune. Where does the where does middle middle management sit in this? Because quite often you see like senior management get it, like all ahead, you know, go ahead, you know, sort of rank and file, like yeah, we're up for it. Mm. And try and I've seen some really unfortunate cases of yeah. businesses you know, rank and file are ready to do this they've come up with suggestions they've got green champions and middle yeah. management are basically blocking it because like they are just being squashed from the top they've got targets yeah. to deliver yeah absolutely I mean do you, worried, do you see that as being an issue and I mean it may, it may be maybe well, I haven't seen it yet yeah because but because I'm not... how are you avoid, how do you avoid it being an issue perhaps is a polite uh, way of putting it uh, yeah way, way, a better <laughs> question
1: yeah, yeah, and I think that that's so that up to me to understand what their pressures are on a day to day basis. Obviously, working in in that we work under what's called GMP regulations, good manufacturing practices regulations to to manufacture safe drugs, and that is there's a lot of protocol around that. People have to work that that cannot be sacrificed at all, and that kind of takes that's priority that takes up. resource and that is what the the heads of department the managers within departments are thinking about and so my job is to understand what those pressures are and understand well how can we kind of fit sustainability amongst that how can we kind of bleed this in so it it doesn't distract from your day job it doesn't interfere but it complements what you do and it might even make your life easier a bit so one thing i've done is is just a part of the governance structure is set up kind of you know a regular kind of working group with with management from across the business representing the different departments. So they all have visibility over what we can do around sustainability. They all have the opportunity to contribute in terms of how their departments can, will be impacted or whether they, they've they got some thoughts on how we can deliver a certain initiative, what KPIs we should use. They might have an idea of something that I've not thought about at all through the manufacturing development, the research operations, projects that we run with clients. There could be things that I, mean, I don't... I don't know the business, it's, it's, it's those people that know the business and I'm here to just bring it all together and create a plan. But like I said before, I cannot do that in isolation. It's a collaborative working environment. And so it's part of just kind of breaking down those barriers, establishing a kind of a close working relationships with, with middle management, understanding their pressures, understanding where we can support one another, and, and then we can kind of help kind of get things off the ground and bring others with us to help deliver.
0: That sounds like really, really useful advice for people coming into a role like we'll, yours for the first it, time. Well, well, we'll wait and see. Well, <laughs> it's a good starting <laughs> point. But Hopefully it'll what work. You, I guess I mean, sort of, what might that look like in practice? How did you start having those, doing that stuff?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, one of the first things that I did was pull together a, just a, a presentation on what is sustainability. I start at the, at the very You know, start at the very start. I don't assume people know what your job entails. Don't assume people know what sustainability is. Just go right back to the very start. So I pulled together a presentation that went out to, that I delivered to C-suite and management across the organization and just around what is sustainability at the broadest sense? What's the difference between sustainability and ESG? Because you will probably have all have heard these terms, but what's the difference? How does that then relate to the life sciences industry in a a kind of material sense, what are the material issues that impact our industry? And what's the process that we go through to understand how these big global issues relate to our business within our sector. And then it's, well, out of that process falls a plan and out of that plan falls action items and those, who is it that is required to deliver those action items? It's It's not me, it's not just me, it's me plus all of these other departments and stakeholders from across the business. And it's getting that message across that we start big, provide a little bit of education around what it is and why it's important to our business. And here's what it might look like for a company in our industry. And typically, I need the help. We all need to work together to help deliver this, which will result in positive things
0: for, for the business. So this might be a, might be a segue, it might not be. But so what? what book or article or video might you recommend to other people leading on sustainability? Well, when it comes to sustainability,
1: and we talked about leadership at the start, yeah, it almost doesn't matter what the subject is that you're leading in. It's the leadership experience and and, and capabilities that you want to develop. So the the technical part of it, you can almost forget. If you if you're in a hopefully if you're in a position like this, you've you've got the technical background, the technical understanding. The challenge now is is to make sure you can you can lead across and horizontally across a business. And so, when I mentioned that I was moving from from Jacobs across to Roslyn, I was speaking to one of my friends in Portobello, and he gave me this book called The First Ninety Days. And I read it before I started, and it just gave me some some useful tips on uh, on how to kind of approach the first three months in a role. So, and especially when it's promoted role and into a new industry as well, in terms of just you know engaging, providing that kind of broad level education. Don't come in as though you you think you know it all and you're going to change the company overnight because that's the absolutely the wrong way to approach it. And so I would say that if people haven't read that and they're at, and they're at this point in their careers where they're going through a change and it could be internally within the same company or they just want to kind of read a kind of leadership book. Yeah, it's called The First 90 Days. And I would, I would recommend that. That was quite helpful for me starting in the role.
0: Excellent. I've heard of it, but I'll look it out and put it in the show notes. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure having this conversation. Likewise. And yeah, hearing about your first 60 days, I guess, is so fast. So thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, look forward to seeing what happens at Rosalind CT next. On the thank you very Saturday. much.
1: Yeah. Keep, keep everyone posted.
0: So many great insights there from Adam. I'm looking forward to discussing these and picking out some of the most important and useful ideas and approaches with my colleagues in a future episode very soon. If you think people in your networks will find this episode interesting, please let them know about it by sharing it on LinkedIn, via email, or even old-fashioned word of mouth. You'll find the show notes for this episode at realize.earth 115. I'm Osbert Lancaster, and I hope this episode of Leadership for Sustainability will help you lead on sustainability in your organization. What you're doing is so important now more than ever. Be sure to look after yourself. Bye for now.